motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to be here with our guest today, Allison Venditti. She is the founder and owner of Career Love. Thank you so much for joining me, Allison. Nice to be here. So Allison is a career coach and return to work expert with over a decade of experience in human resources. Her focus is on supporting women and mothers. Her business is founded on the idea of kindness and support, where she offers no-nonsense advice to both companies and women. She is the mom to three boys and creator of Canada's first program to support mothers returning to work from maternity leave called Ready to Return. I love the tagline for her business, love what you do, do what you love. And I'm looking forward to talking with Allison today about returning to work following maternity leave, job shares, part-time and flexible work opportunities, and a little bit in terms of some of the challenges we're currently facing in the work world. It is great to have you here, Allison. Thanks. So to start off, we know that motherhood comes with so many changes. And then for moms who decide to return to work, following maternity leave, this can be a challenging transition to navigate. I'd love to hear a little bit about your own experience with this and how your mom work juggle works for you. Um, And also what advice do you have for moms who are looking to head back to work? All right. So I will say my kids right now are eight, six, and two. So my first two kids, um, you know, I took that was before we had an 18 month option. So I took my first one, I took 10 months and the second one I took 11 months and and it was pretty close together. So just for a little background, my background is actually, and even before I had kids, I created return to work programs like professionally, mostly around like disability, mostly around workers comp, things like that. So when I went off on leave, it was a little bit shocking because they were sort of like, here you go, here's your paperwork and uh, call us when you think you want to come back, right? Like, we'll just get a date for you. And I was like, okay. And so basically what happens is then you spend the last five months of your leave sort of worrying about, you know, like, should I call? Are they going to call? Maybe I should, you know, all of those things. And, you know, trying to find daycares and all of the things put together. So when I went back through the second time with my second son, I remember saying to my boss, and I was like, you know, like, this is what we do as a business, right? Like people pay us money to do return to work programs. I said, well, why aren't there any return to work programs for women on maternity leave? Because it's the same process. And he was like, yeah, I don't think there's any money in that. And I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. Uh, The best story I have of when I returned to work was 
you know, my, my oldest was not simple. So my oldest has multiple anaphylactic food allergies. So sending him to daycare was like horrifying for me. Uh, and I just remember I like dropped him off at daycare and I got on the bus with my coffee and I proceeded to cry from getting on that subway stop until like I was on the bus. And it, this went on for a couple days. And finally one morning, the bus driver <laughs> had tissue ready. And he was like, I have no idea what's going on, but it's going to be okay. And I was like, I know I'm going back to work. He's like, I have three kids. It'll be fine. You know, it takes a little while to build up. And I was like, okay. So like when the bus driver's noticing how hard this is for me, uh, it is. And I'm not going to like sugarcoat that for anybody. You just spent your birth a being and then was all you had known for months on end. Right. So it's, it, it is a big transition, but the biggest part is I found like no one wanted to talk about with me, you know, like friends, some of my friends didn't go back after maternity leave. So they didn't want to talk about it. Some of my friends went back early and then they didn't want to talk about it. Um, and I didn't even know really what questions to ask or what I could ask. And I was a return. I'm a word like this was my job and I still didn't know. Um, so I think I found that the most surprising was like, there was just no, clarity on where these things were and I had so many questions even around like breastfeeding like you know how like do I keep doing it like weaning you know you're reading all of the books so it was a bit of a, a shock and that didn't change right like after either one of them I still felt the same even after my second right I yeah. hear yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes with three children myself I I completely get it and there's so many emotions and there's so many things to think about as you said and I really found especially with our first child you're right there just wasn't that conversation on yeah. how other people were feeling about it and how they were kind of working through things it was yeah it was a, a bit of a lonely and overwhelming time so what advice would you give then to moms who are looking to make that transition? What, what, what types of things were most helpful for yourself? And mostly I was like, I didn't find a lot that was helpful. I found it. I found the lack of like resources around that conversation, like not available, even, you know, uh, like employment and I'm in HR. I'm like, I had lots of questions about what my rights were. What can I ask? What couldn't I ask how to ask it? Um, so when I had my third son, I was self-employed. So I went back when he was four months, right? I went back just part-time. And what I did when I went back with him is I wrote this program. So I wrote Ready to Return. So I wrote and I created a program for women to go back to work for maternity leave. And what I decided to do, because I'd heard this story a thousand times from all the friends, like all the things you needed. So I made it super simple. It's like one month and I pulled in all the experts. So I have a sleep consultant, uh, lactation consultant, employment lawyer, a daycare manager, a uh, dietitian, like all the people, like, like a psychotherapist to talk about like the mom guilt. Um, and so people would have live access to them to ask like, and just pour out the questions in, in a space where you're surrounded by other women who are going through the same transition, which is like game changing because then you don't feel like you're losing your mind. And also other people want to talk about it with you. And my job is I'm like, I help people and we're going to talk about this, put together return to work plans that offer flexibility that offer, you know, uh, shortened work weeks or longer work weeks. And the thing I found was, and this is, you can tell me this thing, like, did your employer have a plan for you when you went back? Uh, so I, my background is teaching. Yep. 
and I had left a full-time position. And so it worked out that um, one of my teaching colleagues had a baby the day before we did. And so we decided that we would propose a job share. But it took a lot of convincing. And thankfully, our curriculum leader was a really strong advocate for us. And she was more experienced than us. Um, and had some authority and really had a voice in the school, but it was um, it was it was difficult to navigate for sure. Right. Yeah, it was. Tough. Also, people are like people. Well, women when they're coming back from maternity leave very, feel very vulnerable. Yeah. Right, you've just been away for a year. Yeah. Someone else is in your job. Your boss might not be there. And so, as part of my research for the program, I like I asked if I could sit in on some of these return to work conversations, and they literally looked like this. You come in no plan. Boss comes in, no plan. And I asked them, I said, well, how long, how long did you prepare for this conversation? They're like, prepare what? And I was like, well, like a plan or, you know, a dad, like I, I always tell the story. I'm like, when I came back from my second, they didn't have a desk for me. Oh, wow. Someone who's like worked for a company for several years, like these sort of not purposeful messages really hurt right? Yes. Like, like I, I was like, I built this team. These are my clients. This person is like new thing. And you can't take the time to get me a desk. Hmm. So I didn't have a phone for the first week. Right. So all of these things I worked on with ready to return is like, you have to be a bit of an advocate for yourself. And actually I've run this program now and it's like employee centered. I've run it for a year and a half now. And I was like, Oh, this is ridiculous. Now I'm like, it has to be employer side where they'd be like, like, why can't you just ask someone, even while you're on leave? It's like, do you want to come to the holiday party? Do you want to be asked, like kept on the email list? Do you want like some up, do you want to check in? Like, uh, why can't we just ask these things so that like, I don't have to do the work and you don't have to work. Like you shouldn't have had to propose that job share. They should have been like, here's our list of options. Please choose, right? It's not hard. No. And I think yeah, there's there definitely is that education needed on both sides, right. Right? right? Because you're right. It's not it's it's a little bit of out of the box thinking, right? And I think okay. maybe the hesitation I think maybe at my school was that it would be more work or right. um what would that look like and uh would we actually get our work done because it was this kind of strange and different setup, but I yeah. I think it was a huge win. <laughs> I think they oh, got what? way more out of the two of us than they would have out of one single person. But we definitely went in with a really solid plan, sort of knowing um, who our principal was and what some of the obstacles might be because we were teaching high school. So we knew, right. for example, there's no way that um, it would they would say yes if we were sharing classes. So we needed to set it up so that we were each teaching our own, for example. So I think because we had an advocate at our school and because we went in with a fairly solid, well-thought-out proposal, it really helped. But I can tell you, I would have loved to have had your program. I think it just would have made me feel more confident. It would have you know, that sense of community and being around other people who are also going through that and just access to those resources and those experts um, would have made me feel so much more calm because it was, 
it was an incredibly stressful transition. So right. yeah, a program. Yes. And, and sort of, and it feels fast. Do you yes. know what I mean? It's like <laughs> one day you're here yeah. and the next day you've got kids in daycare and then you're back to work. Then, you know, like it happens very like this. And that is like, I, like, I just remember my emotions were like this, right? Like up and down and up and down, but yeah, it's been a bit, um, you know, like it's also fairly uncomfortable. Like, like, I don't know how close you were with your boss, but you know, a lot of people in the program are like, you know, I have questions about breastfeeding. Do you want to have that conversation with your male boss? No, and you shouldn't have to, right? Like, yeah. is there, like, does anybody want to say, is there accommodation for breastfeeding? No, you don't want to have that conversation. Like that information should be made available to you because people just choose not to have it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They just choose not to have it. That's not okay. No, it's not okay. It's right. not okay. Yeah. And so do you now um, have a means of kind of utilizing the program that you created to formally provide that information and education and, and those resources to employers? Is this? Yes. So I'm working with employers. We're actually beta piloting it now because I really want it. Like, I want to make sure that it's accessible. So you know, like I always say this, no, no, you know, offense to large employers, but they already have the resources. I want to really pare down on small companies who, you know, this needs to be accessible. It needs to be affordable. You need to be able to train your managers without, you know, investing it. Cause I'm like, it's not okay. You know, 80% of employers are small employers. Yeah. And those are, that's where you're really seeing the impact for women. When you go back to an office of, you know, 10 people at a tech startup, like that's where the support needs to meet because they have no idea. And I'm like, and this can't all fall on you all the time. Right. No, because you, you've got so much on your plate right. already and yeah. and it, it can be this really uncomfortable, awkward thing to, to try and navigate it right. can be, along with all the emotions that you're feeling at the same time. Yeah, on top of all of that. Right? On top of all of that, yes. Right. Well, that's fantastic. I think it's so great that um, you've created this program and that you're um, implementing it on the employer end as well. And what a fantastic resource for moms. Again, I wish I had gone through your program. (laughs) Oh, and so as you're saying, you're talking about that you sort of help women negotiate maybe uh, a little bit of a different way that they could be doing their work or doing their job and writing those proposals. And there are obviously many different approaches to work beyond the nine to five um, that moms or other people can explore, including job shares, as we've been talking about. So if somebody was looking to set up a job share, what are some of the steps you would recommend? And I wouldn't mind if you would also mention why right now it's kind of a tough time to negotiate something like that as well. Well, it is... And it isn't. So the one problem that people have, and this is like when you said you got pushback, I'm like, I know why it's, um, it's very hard for employers to commit to like long-term. So often when women go and they propose these uh, new options, I say, hold on. I'm like, cause you don't actually know if that's going to work for you or if it's going to work for them. So in disability management, there is typically always, um, and return to work, there's typically always a trial period. So I always tell people when they're coming back and I said, if you propose something as a trial, everybody's shoulders drop way down, right? Because they go, Oh, oh, no, no, we're unionized. We can't, we can't do this. We can't do that. So um, for women going back from maternity leave, you know, often I say like, you know, if you have knee surgery, 
typically you would start back three days a week, then you go four days a week, then you go five days a week. And for women, I was like, you can either choose. So employers do three things. Either they choose to, because let's be honest, if you did two, three day weeks and then two, four day weeks, that is a total of six days. Yeah. Right. That's a huge difference, yeah. but it's six days. Um, or you could even use half days. That's not a lot of time. So either employers pay that portion to help you ramp back up. You take vacation days or you can take them unpaid, right? Like whatever the option is. But if you say, you know, this is a two month plan, I want to trial it. Usually people sign off real fast, right? Okay. Like yeah. if you were to say, you know, we want to trial this job share thing for the first thing, because, you know, I find that some women really think they want to like go slow. And then they're like, you know what I need to, I, I'd ra- I'm, I'm all in. I just rather go back. Right. But putting it together as a trial and using that term, yeah, you're going to be successful like 90% of the time, as opposed to, and I know employment lawyers love to do the, like ask for an accommodation. The moment you say the word accommodation, like then legal gets involved. Hmm right? Because you're asking for an accommodation based on family status or you're based on whatever. This way, it's kind of like an easier thing. And, and for COVID, this is um, becoming a really effective way for people to, as long as you come with a plan and say, hey, I want to use my vacation days to work four days a week. You know, me and uh, me and Jill want to see if we can match off because we're both at home. Can we try it for two months? Like you're going to get way farther than if you try and propose a full job share because they can't guarantee anything right now. No one can. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's so many things up in the air. So a good strategy for now and in general as well. Right. Yeah. To be fair, I'm like the one thing about like job sharing is like for people, I'm like, go for it. Right. Like if you want to try it, but my concern is around job security, right? Okay. So right now it's, you know, what are the implications if you move to part-time and you get laid off, right? Like then it impacts your severance and it impacts all sorts of other things. So it almost requires, like I work with an employment lawyer who's amazing and unfortunately she's extraordinarily busy, but I was like, you need to understand what your rights are. You need to understand how to protect this. You need to make sure everything's in writing because also employers are like just losing I, they're not doing anything right, right? Because everybody's panicking. Um, so there's a lot more prep work involved, those things. I was like, tr- like cross all your T's, dot all your I's, make everybody so- like make everybody initial at the bottom, keep every email, all of the things, right? Yeah. Just yeah. to protect yourself. Yeah, to have that documentation is even more important, yep. I would agree, yep. now than ever. And you're right, because there's all these new policies coming from the government and people just don't have a lot of time to plan and prepare. People are having to react very quickly and in some cases, maybe too quickly, right? And it, and it just makes it very tricky and a little unstable and unpredictable. It's a, it's Remember a, the beginning of this, right? When the legislation yeah. was coming out every day. Yes, every right? day. And I was like, okay, hold on. Like as an HR person, I was like, can't catch and you got to get, and you have to catch the briefing. So you get the Q and A's, you can kind of figure it out, right? Yeah. Like for accountants, it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. For HR people, I was just like, hold on, you're changing the Employment Standards Act? Like what, hold on, hold on. Um, and then two days later, it'd be something different. So it was like just trying to keep up where the money was coming from, what you should apply to, who could apply for it. Yep. Part-time job. Yeah. So crazy. So crazy. Or, <laughs> or Friday's announcement implemented for Monday. Yes. And course. then panic ensues. <laughs> yeah. So many fast changes. I mean, I see it more in the world of education. My husband's a principal and it was okay. schools are shut down. 
And we're moving to online home-based learning. We call it emergency remote teaching because it was just crazy. And then even my university course, I was teaching. I had field experience students who were supposed to be doing practicums. Schools are shut down. So all of a sudden we're doing field online and it was interesting. But yeah, the university had to make a decision. Do we not run this course or do we run it and make it look different? And then what is it going to look like? It was just so many wheels spinning so quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So many wheels. Too many wheels. (laughs) Too many wheels. All the wheels. Yes. Let's be very fair. I was like, on that moment, I was like, only parents have to deal with both sides of this, right? Like as employees. So not only are you trying to figure out if you have a job and how safe it is and whatever, but now you're doing, now it's like, okay, no more daycare, trying to do remote home learning while in the house. Like, it's just, it's like that, just like literally (laughs) I said to my husband and he came into the office, I was lying on the floor and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just need to lie on the floor. I just like, I can't, you can't keep up. And on top of that, on top of that, like, not only is this the thing, but like we're in a pandemic, so it's scary, right? So on top of that, you have all the fear of people getting sick and that. So it was, this was literally my life for like three months, right? Yeah, it was just, it was incredibly overwhelming for everybody. And then your kids have their emotions as well as they're trying to sort through all these big changes. But yeah, it is uh, trying to navigate the home learning piece while working. It was, uh, yeah, just well, and especially crazy. for teachers because yes. you're you have to adjust <laughs> yeah. while you have your own kids yes. at home, right? Like yes. so many teachers are parents. Yeah, that was I, I I sent messages to our teachers. I'm like, do not worry about us. Yeah. You figure it out. Like we'll be there. <laughs> oh, I'm just in awe. I've all like I have huge admiration for teachers. I used to teach high school yep. um, science and junior high science, and now teaching people how to become teachers, but. I was just in awe the the how quickly they transitioned yep. um the amount of work I know they were putting in it was incredible and I and and oftentimes with their own kids as, at home and I mean I was teaching my university students and yeah, I, I had to put sticky notes on the door. Please don't bother me. I Please just, I, yeah, I can't be interrupted. Just to, one moment, all my students, I just need to help with uh, science for a minute. Hold it on was, a moment. Yeah, yeah, just hold on a moment. It was just, yeah, it's been a crazy time. Yep. Yeah, Good. and then a very strange transition to summer, but here we are, hey. Here we are in summertime. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Here we are. Um, so even with working, I mean, this pandemic in so many ways created a situation out of necessity where people had to work more flexibly. People weren't going into their offices. People were at home and juggling all the things. Under normal circumstances as well, like moms might be considering part-time and flexible work. Uh, This has been a part of my motherhood work juggle and has worked really well for me and my family. So if moms are thinking about Um, choosing to pursue part-time or flexible work, what might be some things that they should consider with that? And in light of current circumstances, what are some things that we need to be mindful about with flexible work? What things work well for both employers and employees? So I think the like shift to remote work at home made people realize how in this circumstance, it doesn't work at all. Right. Like they're, my husband and I are working over top of each other. 
he's frustrated because, you know, usually a lot of this stuff would just happen with, with a face-to-face conversation and they'd move along. Um, you know, he, he does programming. So you wouldn't think that he does, but he was like, but you know, it takes him, you know, 45 minutes to log in in the morning. Cause everybody's trying to log in more. Like there's all these frustrations. Um, I've worked from home forever and a day. Uh, but I'm not used to having people in my space. Right. So I'm used to everybody leaving. I get to like calm down. Then I get to do my work and now it's just bonkers. So I would, I would caution people, especially mothers about like the flexibility portion, right? Like there's still people who are getting new jobs. Look, like I was not anticipating being busy as a career coach right now. I was like, well, there goes my business. And shockingly, I am like very busy because, you know, jobs are still out there. People who were not happy with their employers before are now often very unhappy with their, the way they're being treated. So they're, they're leaving. Um, But I work with clients to tell them, I'm like, you have to be honest and open. You have to say, no, I cannot be on, you know, available at 2am for you to text me. No, like I am not available at 7am. No, I'm not like you really have to put your foot down. People are having a really hard time with that because they're fearing for their jobs. Yeah. Right. So what, uh, what I've been writing about is I'm like, what used to be this amazing concept of part-time flexible is no longer what we think it is as like hard as that is to stomach. Um, so my new advocacy is on like stable work, right? Mm-hmm. Look for things that have like guidelines, outlines, even if you work for yourself, like, which is still a good option, right? Like there's still lots of things out there. Um, and in some cases might be easier than going out and finding like a regular job um, is to really set boundaries around when you're going to be working and when you're not, that is the number one things that happens with all these with flexibility. And that is that people feel obligated um, because they're so thankful to have that to do more. Right. And the studies don't lie, right? Like you're working a lot extra. So before people go to part-time, I say, okay, like, but it really, is it part-time? Like, do you only work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or are they kind of calling you on Thursday and you're still doing a report on Friday? Like, what does that really look like? So my advice to everybody is eyes wide open, people eyes wide open. Yeah. So having those really clear parameters and setting up some really intentional boundaries and communicating those, I guess would be really important. Well, you can try, right? Yes. But but I'm like, like I said, people are like, Allison, that's nice, but I need my job. Yeah, there is right. that fear for sure. There's a fear. There's a yeah. huge fear. And especially since like, you know, a lot of people's partners have been laid off, right? Like if you already have one person who's unemployed, I'm like, you can't afford to play games. So like, there's lots of, you know, I'm like, and this isn't really what your podcast is supposed to be promoting, but, but like it, like right now it's hard. Will there be more appreciation for remote work, for flexible working, for a four-day week? Absolutely, right? Like once we start getting a better handle on this and get better at it, which in six months, yeah, you know, everybody who said they couldn't go remote before, liars, right? Like <laughs> lying. Yeah. Um, and everybody who was like, you know, people are starting to take their vacation, you know, Friday afternoons off or Friday or whatever. And they're seeing that their productivity isn't impacted that much. So, you know, now we actually have firsthand experience in this. So, you know, when your employer says, well, you have to come back to the office because it isn't working, you'd be like, but it is, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think um, companies, I I feel, are more maybe set up for those options too. And you're right, now we've had that experience. So right now is a crazy time, but being able to sort of reflect back on, right, um, being set up with Zoom, for example, or, right. or ways to collaborate, 
virtually and have meetings virtually. And I think the other piece, and I'm curious your thoughts as well, like as a teacher, teachers are the worst. And I know this is going to change big time with um, school op- schools opening up uh, likely in the fall. That's the plan. But teachers are the worst for going to work when they're not feeling well. And that just isn't going to be okay. And that's not right. going to happen. So, My mother was a teacher. She, yes. I don't think she ever missed a day of work. Right. <laughs> she went to work after chemo. Okay. Oh, wow. Like, that was a thing. Cause she was just like, and that was like, she felt such dedication to her students. Yes. Right. She was a kindergarten teacher. She's like, this is their first experience in school. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like you need to back off. But like, she loved it. And that was, but it was like dealing with a rock. I'm like, you can't yes. negotiate with that. It's no. like, okay. And, and you're right. Like they have feel a sense of responsibility. It's very yeah. hard to bring in a sub also. It's a lot of work to not go to work. It's right? a lot of work to not go to work. Um, right. and, I, and I think now though, with, you know, more caution around wellness and yes. being sick and that type of thing, I think that there's going to have to be a bit of a shift in our thinking about Absolutely. not just having people come to work and push through nope, whatever no it is they're feeling as well. So it'll be interesting to see as things sort of settle, how some of those things that we've experienced out of necessity in somewhat of a chaotic manner sort of right. translate to a perhaps a different way or a different approach to work. So the other thing I was going to mention, um, because we're talking about part-time, and the one thing that frustrates me about part-time is that it tends to be lower paid. So oftentimes you see these, and so this is like a double whammy for women, right? So I am a huge, huge advocate for pay transparency, right? So telling people what they're paid, telling what the pay wage bans are in, in both in job advertisements and internally, because part-time should not be compensated less. Hmm. Yeah. Right. We should have the same. So if you're making 80,000 full-time, you go 50%, you should be paying 40,000, right? Like it should be things. And in unionized organizations that happens, hospitals, places like that, where there's strong female push. So teachers union, nurses union, you know, like all the big female led unions have made these changes. Um, But that's the wonder number one thing I find so disappointing right now is that people are so desperate for part-time work is that they will, you know, reduce their salary significantly just to get it. Hmm. Right. And I don't think that's fair. No, that's not because right? you're still working hard. Right. <laughs> Even well, you're though you're out. Yeah. Same work, just less hours. And yeah. probably being more productive because you have yeah. less time to do it. So that's the number one thing. When I see these part-time job postings, I'm like, but why, why is that being paid $17 an hour, right? Like a social media manager being paid yeah. $17 an hour because it's like 10 hours a week. It's like, okay, right? Yeah. That's no. something that really bothers me with part-time as it is right now. I would like it to be fairly compensated. No, I think that's fair. And th- these are great questions to bring up, right? It, okay. doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And I, I don't know, based on my own personal part-time experience, I found when I knew that this was my work window of time, yeah. I was working and on it. On it. Yes. (laughs) I was being incredibly productive and making the most of that time and getting lots of things done. So I would hope to be fairly compensated for that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So a question for you, because obviously this whole motherhood work juggle thing is crazy at the best of times. And it's been incredibly interesting as of late, but in general, in the part-time jungle, we like to keep things very real about motherhood. And I'm wondering if you have 
a mistake or something you wished you had done differently or a learning opportunity that you've had as a mom that you would be willing to share with us? I think I, for the longest time as mother, I felt like only I could do it right. Okay. Let me take that back. I still feel like only I can do it right. So that leads me to do, you know, to take on things and not let them go at work. It makes me do things to take them on at home. You know, I, I have the thought that like I can do it faster, so I'll just do it. Um, and it wasn't until probably like a couple, couple years ago that I really stepped back and I was like, I don't need to, right. I don't need to do this for you. I don't need to, whatever, here's the phone number for the doctor, make your own appointment. All of those things, uh, I think we really heavy. And I think that took me a really long time to figure out because I'm such a control freak, um, that I was like, I'm so stressed because, you know, it's not that people are saying to me, you do it, but I was, I'm saying to other people, no, I don't want you to do it. So that's been my biggest learning struggle, especially because they're my kids, right? Yeah. Um, that I just kind of want to be able to like puppet master everything and, and it doesn't work, especially as they get older and then they won't let you do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> so that's been my biggest learning experience. I'm like, I got to let some of it go or else I'm, I don't have anything left. Well, and that could be such a tough thing to do. I so appreciate you sharing that because it it's, it is hard to let go and it's hard to ask for help or to delegate responsibilities elsewhere. It is so hard. I definitely hear you on that one for sure. And then before we wrap things up, I was wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who are looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggle. It's okay to not be okay. Really? It's okay. Um, I think the problem for mothers right now is I'm like, you're holding it together, not for you. You're holding it together for them, right? You're trying to be, you know, positive and upbeat for your kids so they don't see you upset. You know, I, I have people who are like, I cry in the bathroom once in a while. And I was like, no one's expecting anything more from you at this point. So that's okay, right? And I've learned, and I learned from this person that you can actually like get the same endorphins if you like hug yourself. <laughs> so my kids are like, what are you doing? I'm like hugging myself to make me feel better. <laughs> and sometimes it works. So that's been, that's been sort of a, a like a, a learning process for me as I'm like, sometimes I'm like, it's like, I have to be stopped being so hard on myself and I see it all over the place, right? We're just so hard on ourselves to begin with. And now with, you know, trying to do home learning and, working and things aren't working, like it feels like failure and it's not. Yeah. That's, that's such a great message. Cause as you're saying it, I just, it just makes me go inwards and think, and think about that for myself. You're right. We're trying to hold it together and inside it cannot feel that way. And it's, and it's okay that it's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So Allison, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your time and words of wisdom with us today. Uh, if our listeners want to learn more about you and the amazing work that you do, where are the best places to find you? Uh, so best place to find me, uh, my website's careerlove.ca and I run a Facebook group called Moms at Work. So we are across Canada. Uh, uh, I created a supportive community for job postings and we have employment lawyers and experts come in and do free talks specifically around motherhood and work, especially now. So we've got a lot of EI questions, CERB questions. We've got two accountants who help us out too. Um, So Moms at Work on Facebook, careerlove.ca on the website, and then careerlove.ca on Instagram and Facebook. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today, Allison. This was so appreciated. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.